irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Alright guys, welcome to the show. Keith Razor with my trusty uh, sidekick Alan Lee. How you doing, Alan? How are you doing there? Yeah. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of things before we get into rolling. Uh, I actually do have a stand-up date, ladies and gentlemen. On June 24th, I'll be in Vegas at the Cancellus Cantina, which is 3246 East Desert Inn Road. And I'll be there at 9 o'clock for Jack uh, for Jack's show. Uh, you got It's social distancing, so I think they're only allowing like uh, 60 people. But you got to make your reservations, you know. So make your reservations and give them a call at area code 702-909. Seven 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 three. Again, the number is seven zero two nine zero nine seven 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 three. Make your reservations for Wednesday, June twenty fourth at nine p.m. I'm gonna be doing my first gig in three months, and I'm very thankful and excited for Jack to do it. So just plugging that around, and uh, so that's all I got. What about you, Alan? Well, what I got is a cup of coffee. And a biscuit. A cup of coffee and a biscuit. Yeah. Is that and a, whipped cream. And whipped cream. That's your diet yeah. nowadays, right? Well, yeah, you especially that is it is a fact, yeah. I'm on a I'm on But I'll tell you, uh, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't catch Jack who? Jack Slammy. He's a Vegas comic. Oh. He runs shows. Uh, in Vegas. Oh, you didn't say the last name. I was, I was confused. I, I don't remember you telling me this uh, last week. Oh, no. I, on show. I, I just booked it like two days ago. So, oh, I, cool. Congratulations. Yeah. That's nice. I'm going oh, to Vegas. You're working during Corona, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. he's doing me a favor just giving me a spot. I don't think I'm going to get paid for it, but I'm going to be in Vegas anyway. And, uh, you know, so I'm just excited because I haven't done comedy in three months. So I'm like... You know, and I'm going to be there anyway, and he, he's being very nice Beautiful. and generous. And, you know, I told, oh, I, I, told him I'll, cool. I told him I'll plug the show. And you know what? Yeah. As a comic, I should plug the show regardless. You know what I mean? Regardless if you're getting paid or not, it's part of the job. You know what I mean? And people are scared right now to go outside and, uh, you know, to, to do things. I think uh, there has to be a point where we have to come back. You know what I mean? And I think this is a good start. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just going to tell you one thing, though. Uh, I think it's important. Um, you don't kiss anyone when you're in the club. No, no, no. I think I no, think... no, no. Because I know sometimes you see a girl, and uh, you know you'll be tempted to hug her, and then maybe you know kiss her a little bit. And I don't think I think you should sort of wait on that, bro. It's just my advice. I I don't want to, you know. You're you're saying I hook up with all my fans? Is that what you're saying? No, no, you you know, you hug a girl, be careful. I don't know who the girl is. What, what do I know? I'm not in Vegas. Yeah. I'm just telling you, be careful. That was a nice little rapey and, uh, comment from Alan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no I No nah, man, that's cool. No, I I'm I'm excited though. Uh, I'm you know, so I'm I'm doing that. Uh also I'm on Cameo. You could book me on Cameo for fifteen bucks and I'll do no filter shout outs for you. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, you want me to break for up. For me? Yeah, for you. Maybe you want me to break up with your girlfriend or, you know. Oh, uh, oh I see, I see. You know, no, no, I'm you okay. You pay me on Cameo okay. and I'll do it. I'll be like, hey, Samantha, Alan Lee, you know, Alan Lee, your boyfriend, he finds you hideous and he thinks oh. you should go bye-bye. You know, but I'll make it more fun. Well, let me think on that. Yeah. Let me think on that. Because you were telling me you, you were kind of over Samantha. That that was over years ago, so I don't even know why you bring bringing her up like that. And, <laughs> because uh, I just got on I, cameo. <laughs> I just I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, guys, today we have a great guest. Uh, do 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 do. I just got to read out his bio. He has a mate. He's a, he's an actor, a drummer, a singer, an author, 
Uh, so yeah, some of the movies he's been in is the Innocent Saga movies. There's like 13 of these movies where he played Colin Donovan. It, you know, that's probably what he's most uh, known for is the Innocent Saga. And there's 13 of those. Saga movies, I always thought a saga was like three. I didn't know it was like 13. Uh, it can be the number varies. Yeah. You know, just to, to the, uh, you know. But there's a three in it's it. It's usually long, you know. <laughs> um, and then he was in uh, uh, Maso Seni, uh Sunrise, which is an uh, independent uh, movie that won lots of rewards. And he's in The Green Ghost, which is with Danny Trujillo, which came out a couple of years ago. Trejo, Trejo, Trejo. Trejo. I'm saying Trejo wrong. Whatever. Don't say Trejo, Trey, like a tray. Trey. Ho, Trey, ho, Trey, ho. Yeah. <laughs> he would be Trey, and then like a ho. He would, be, yeah, train ho. He would be fun to get, wouldn't he? I would just be no, like, no, we, we are, we're anticipating yeah. uh, contacting him. Well, yeah, we well, talked about that. We'll be like, hey, Danny Trejo, and then you'll be like, no, his name is Danny Trejo, and then you'll fuck with my head again. Remember, you did that with Debbie to get guitar, whatever. What is his name? Guitars. You did that to me. Messed up. Messed me up. Threw me off my guitars. <laughs> And then uh Listen, he... you're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, baby. And then he's also an author. He's written many books like Dark Motive, A Rise of an That's Outlaw, right. and Masculine, which is the one that just came out a couple weeks ago. And it's actually gotten so good uh reviews that it's being made into a motion picture. And it's called Beautiful. it's called Masculine at Agua Calenta. Calenta. I'm saying it totally wrong. Right? Is that a Spanish word? Is that Caliente? Caliente, yes. It's like a hot uh, tavern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. All right. The great Craig Rainey, ladies and gentlemen. Craig Rainey. So we're going to give him a call right now, and uh, we're going to call him now. Sam said hit the blue button, so I'm hitting the blue button. All right. Something happened. Okay, maybe, maybe I, I... Are you still there, Alan? Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm fine. Oh. There it is. Okay. Maybe. Hey, I haven't talked to you in so long. How are you doing? Hey, uh, Craig, are you there? I'm here. Oh, hey, Craig. Alan, you're there too? I certainly am. Hello, Craig Rainey. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, Alan, what's your last name? My last name is Lee. No, okay. uh, I don't say like Robert E. Lee because they're tearing down all these these statues, but it is still the same way. <laughs> uh, Alan Lee. Uh-huh. There you go. Alan, Alan Lee's the trusty go. sidekick. Usually he's in studio with me, but he had an emergency and he said, I can do it on the phone. And I was like, all right, we'll call you too. Yeah, cool. I listened to a couple of your podcasts. They're interesting. I uh, went with Rob Jeremy with a who? With Ron Jeremy? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't listen. In fact, I wasn't at that one, by the way, Craig. Uh, mm-hmm. I was also sick for that one. <laughs> oh, heck. No, no. So, uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad you found uh, – I didn't listen to it. What uh, No? What did you find uh, interesting about it? Well, that, I didn't get a chance well, to it. Well, I mean, you know, it's, he's, he's, he's a uh, – He's a legend. Like, well, he is a legend, and the thing is he was – Active when I was younger, you know, he was, he was the main guy and just, you know, and, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but, uh, that, but that thing about Jennifer Aniston, not wanting him on, uh, on the movie set with him. That was pretty funny. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 I was unaware of that. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> what's funny about Ron Jeremy is his manager is my manager. So I don't know if that's like a good thing because I'm in the comedy industry. He's in the porn industry. So I'm not getting a lot of porn work. Well, if you watch many porn movies, there's a lot of comedy to it. So it's, they're more closely related than you're probably comfortable with. <laughs> exactly. Now, Craig, <laughs> uh, we're going over, uh, your acting credits and I just have a question cause uh, you're known for the Innocent Saga, which, how many movies of those are there? Is there 13? Because I always thought a saga was like three. No, nah, uh, the saga was, uh, it was 10 films, <clears throat> and uh, they were done, they were done in 12 months. And uh, Brett Mauser, who was the director, he shopped it to uh, 
Hollywood and they said, well, you know, we, we like it well enough. We'll do, you know, one or two, but we won't do 10. And he said, well, you know, my, my actors are going to age continuity is going to be an issue, that kind of thing. So he decided to do all 10 and he did 10. Wow. And now it's a, wow. it's an internet series, which he's, it's, there's too much to talk about during a, during a single podcast, but he turned the whole thing into a series called the innocent saga. It's on YouTube. It's worth watching. Yeah. Well, that was like, uh, cause I remember, uh, last time I saw you, it was like six or seven years ago. You were telling me that that's the main thing you're filming right now. And then I look it up, yeah, there's was... 10 of them. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I played the main bad guy in that one. I, that's what I do. I do bad guys and cops. That's, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I saw some of your footage. We saw your reel. It was cool. Uh-oh. Alan saw your <laughs> rear or your reel. I don't have a reel. I've only done like two things, and I figured, what's the point of putting two things on an eight-minute? I don't know. I'm not very active Man, in the it. acting. Well, I mean, you're 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 good. I've you know I, I videotaped one of your one of your acts once, but you should just get somebody out in the crowd to videotape you, and you know have somebody. Shoot, you're in Hollywood. Has somebody, you know, LA has somebody put a reel together for you. That's what I did. Mutt Productions, so I did a few films with uh, uh, and a couple of big ones. That was one, Return of Johnny V, which has done really, really well. Uh, I played, again, the main bad guy in that one. Uh, those guys put the reel together for me. So Yeah, yeah the Benders. Uh, they, I saw clips from the, the Benders uh, that yeah. you did in 2014. Yeah, it's, uh, I've kind of moved away from the, the acting thing. Uh, just... Oh. Uh, it's it's really tough. It's really tough in the Austin market to to get in because Austin is they call themselves Texas Hollywood, but LA film companies come out here. They, they you know I've, I've got an agent still, uh, Condor sure. Artista out of uh, you know out of San Antonio, and I've I've still got an agent. I get calls and you know, I get all the email, but uh, you know it's just it's tough to get a, a role. I do features. I don't do commercials or industrials anymore. I just do features and sure. you know and doing character work, but. Yeah, I've, I've moved into the author business almost totally. How oh, many great, how many great. books have you uh, written? Because on your resume it says uh, four books, and it's you just have a new one that just came out a couple weeks ago that's actually getting yeah, a well, lot of praise with the critics right now. And it, I read that it's getting made into a yeah. motion picture right now. Yeah, the uh, that's that was my first book I wrote, Master Agua Caliente, and it's a, it is a western. Yeah, and. Uh, I was working with actually Mutt Productions, and they just uh, got distribution for the Return of Johnny V, and uh, which is available on Amazon, by the way, and well everywhere. But uh, uh, those guys, they were saying, "Man, you know, the the film company wanted them. Or, I'm sorry, the distribution company wanted them to do another movie." And most of their guys, their all their crew comes out of uh, Paramount and uh, Sony. Uh, they've all worked with all those guys. So I mean, these, these are good crews. They fly and they they do great work. So anyway, they said, hey, you know, we either want to a film about pets, uh, a film about Westerns, uh, uh, science fiction. And so they were to ask me, hey, you know of any scripts? Because I, I know a lot of people here. I did 60, 60 films in my career. And I said, well, no, I like Westerns, though, because, you know, I've always wanted I did some cowboy in, in West Texas when I was younger. But uh, anyway, uh, so just almost on a dare, I wrote uh, the treatment for Masco Dago Caliente, and it uh, it turned into, I think, an 86-page uh, script. Anyway, we sent it off to, to – well, let me say this. Uh, I did the treatment on it, and then they were going to send it to L.A. to get it written. I said, hey, let me give a shot at it. So anyway, I did it. It won a lot of awards, uh, as period piece. I, I, could, you know, I could go through it, but it did really well. But all the filmmakers with the notes, they said, man, we, it's, it's too long for us, so we had to cut it down. Secondly, they said that the main character is uh, – we need to bring his likability up, so – he didn't kill quite so many people. And they said, oh, you know, we want this character to live longer. So the script was rewritten about four different times. And the last one, which is the final copy, right. uh, it's really quick. It's a, it's a really fast movie. But uh, uh, the, you know, the, the buzz has died down over it. But well, I decided to do a novel based on the original script, the full script. And so that's when I wrote it. And uh, Oh, so you, so you wrote the script long. first, then the novel. Yeah, it's completely backwards. You're right, completely backwards. Wow. Typically, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh... <laughs> so anyway, I did that one. Then the uh, my latest one, which is my passion, is uh, it's it's called Stolen Valor, uh, a Carson Brand novel. I've got a, it's an action adventure. It's a Jack Reacher, uh, Jason Bourne uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so I finished Love the first book. Last year. Yeah, I mean, oh good. I'll, I'll make sure I get you a couple copies over there. But uh, 
Anyway, oh, so I, I wrote, I'm, yeah, I see the Soul of Valor. It's Carson Brand. Yeah, it's in. I've done in ten thousand copies of it, ebook and paper book are in people's hands right now. Some mm-hmm. some were sold, some were given away, some were promos, that kind of thing. So that's out there. And then the second one, I'll be finished up with. Um, in fact, I was working on it right before you called. Uh, it'll be done by final edit by the end of July. And then I've got a couple of reviews I'm getting. So hopefully by mid-August, I'll have it out on the market. Oh. And that's the second in the, in the series. I really hope I didn't call while, while you were in the zone of writing something really, you know, and then you forget. You're like, oh, why the fuck did he call me now? I was in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I find I'm never really in the zone. <laughs> when I go back, when I go back, <laughs> when I go back and, and edit is, it's, oh, sometimes it's ugly. So it's well, bad, but uh, well, because I write scripts and like, uh, you know, right now I don't have any stand-up shows because of this coronavirus. So like I'm doing a lot of podcasting for people and then they call me right in the middle when I'm in the zone and then I do the interview and then I forget what I was going to write. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, but your podcast, I mean, hopefully people are listening to this. I know I was, like I said, I, <clears throat> I listened to a couple of them and I mean, it's good content and uh, you've got when on your Facebook page, I guess you got 4,500 uh, friends and followers. So, you know, it can't be all bad. Yeah. And plus, you're a good comedian. Your skills, you know. So, uh, uh-huh. I, I would stick with it. You know, uh, Alan, you. Alan didn't believe me, but uh, so I, I just uh, I wanted to see, you know, without like dropping hints or whatever. How do you and I know each other? Well, you're my nephew. See, I told you, Alan Lee. Yeah, I knew he was. It was a relative. I just didn't realize that you had two actors. Yeah. Uh, well, well this story about See, that, that was story about interesting Keith. to me. Yeah. Here's an interesting story about Keith. Uh, when he was born on July 4th, by the way, that's his birthday. When he was born, I was at a uh, at a lake house in um, Kingsland, Texas, and sitting across the table from me was Lady Bird Johnson, because oh. when I went to college, my roommate my roommate was her grandson. And anyway, wow. we got the we got the phone call at the house because there were no cell phones back then. We got the phone call at the house, and I got it. And, and uh, his dad told me, "Hey, by the way, my uh, my son was born. Uh, you know, his name's Keith. Blah blah blah." And I went, "Well, all right." I mentioned it to Miss Johnson, which nobody who knows her calls her Ladybird. And Miss Johnson said, <laughs> "Well, that's just fabulous, and best wishes to that young man, and I hope he has a fruitful and long life." Oh. So. You were toast, you were toasted by a former first lady. Oh, that's pretty exciting! Oh my God! Wow! Because uh, you know, uh, Craig, I'm a Texan by way of Houston. You know, uh, oh, I grew right. up in Houston and uh, graduated University of Houston, and so uh, I'm a Houstonian. Uh, you know, so I'm well, brother, with Texas. Yeah. That makes me feel better about this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love Texas. I mean, I fucking love Texas. And, uh, you know, I just, I actually miss it in some ways. Um, so, you know, um, and I'm a huge Western fan, huge. I mean, movies, uh, books. In fact, believe it or not, I'm uh, I'm reading uh, Shane, the original uh, Shane by Jack Schaefer. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. But, you know, and I'll tell you, uh, I, I was amazed. It's It's a beautiful, beautifully written book. It's just, it's like, you know. It's it's and I'll tell you what's funny about it. The copy I got uh, was from some middle school in Utah, and when in, I read uh, how they treated Shane uh, back in the seventies, it was it was required reading in classes in high school. In <laughs> oh, high school, oh, it was destined. Well, it, it is, and it was destined to be a classic. And and the movie's a turd compared to the book. Uh, and of course, I grew oh, up on. Thank I, you. I, I, no yeah. one has said that to me. No one oh, has said that to me. I didn't want to put it that way. Because <laughs> well, I mean, like, exactly. oh, God, the movie is a turd compared to the book. It is. Wow. I mean, it was, well, that's the first. It was poorly, it was, yeah, it was poorly acted, I thought, and, and just come for me. You want to see some poor acting, watch my movies. Uh, <laughs> just look quick. Get on CraigRamey.com and check out check out the links. You'll see some bad movies. But uh, <laughs> but, the, but the thing about, about Shane, <laughs> the thing about Shane is it was, you know, I loved all Westerns. And uh, but yeah. my books that I yeah, grew sure. up with, Jane Gray, Max Brand, I read some yeah, Louis Lamore. Yeah, Louis Lamore. 
uh, uh, Larry McMurtry, who wrote uh, Lonesome Dove. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I love his books. I'm, I'm sure. I just finished reading one a few days ago. Uh, but when I wrote Master of Caliente, I wanted it to be a throwback to those old novels. And uh, Shane was, was, was written, uh, I think it was written in the 50s, maybe the 40s. That's after correct. Exactly That's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, back then, you know, you could still talk to your grandparents and, and they'd be able to tell you, you know, some stories that would help motivate you. But, I mean, I'm, I'm from San Angelo, West Texas. And uh, yeah, I, I grew up 100,000 people in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do. But, uh, you know, we, I just, I just love the genre and I cowboyed a little bit, like I said, and, uh, Listen, I, used to, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I had a question. Yeah. I had a question about the cowboying. Uh, you said you cowboyed, mm-hmm. uh, did you ever shoot anybody? Well, it's no, I, I was in the military for a short amount of time, but, uh, never, never had the opportunity to shoot anybody. Well, we, we were field artillery, so we, we blew up, uh, we hit, we blew up some countryside pretty close to some of our forward reservers a couple of times. That was a mistake, but never, never did that. But cowboying, uh, I worked on a ranch just outside of uh, San Antonio. Was that Grandma <clears> Vicky's <throat> um, ranch? Because then she used to have a ranch. That? Grandma Vicky used to have a ranch, right? Well, she, uh, she, she and my dad worked on one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but this was one. I, it was just me, and uh, yeah, I used to bathe in a horse trough, and I rode. We had six rough horses. I had to ride up every single day. We had a thousand. Uh, we had a, had a thousand acre lease five miles away, so I had to ride horseback over there, ride fence, fix up, make you know, count cattle, and uh, so it was it was real cowboy. And I mean, I, I used to break horses, and you know, I, I got good enough I could rope a pig, which is saying something. But uh, you know, I did that for eh, a couple years, and you know, but uh, anyway, I still drive a truck, which is which is a side effect. Well, of it, but, uh, I'm, that's, I'm, a, that's a great uh, part of you. Uh, that I, I, I'm sure you know you. Is in your books, uh, you know, when you've had that visceral actual experience as a cowboy, uh, which well, I have. It was. Uh, <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny. Well, from Houston, you know, it's, I live in Houston. I love it, by the way. I'm one of the few Texans that say that. But uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, cow, the cowboy aspect of it, it helped a lot. I, I did, I did a lot of stunt work. Uh, I did a western, Bass Reeves, which was picked up and changed to All Hell to Pay. It was about the first uh, black federal marshal, uh, Bass Reeves, mm-hmm. and I played, I played Bob Dozier, of course. The main bad guy. So I, I did all the stunt riding with the uh, horse handler on that thing, and so there was a lot wow. of that up change clothes, and I just ride. And then the next scene, I was mm-hmm. you know playing my character. But uh, you know, writing westerns was something that I, I wanted to write this western in the in the style of the old Max Brandt and Zane Grays, and you know, and, and Shane was written that way. And uh, yep. you know, it's a little more yep. wordy. Is a little there's a little more yep. uh, nowadays a woman's sexy because of what she wears back then. That you know. Nape of the neck, sure. Roundness, roundness sure. of the wrist, turn of an ankle. You know that was that just would drive these guys crazy. But Craig, uh, yeah. anyway, that was. Uh, Craig, how yeah. long how long does it take you to uh, write a book? Like, because. Good question. Um, um, I just I just stole a dollar in a year. It was really probably ten months. I think. Uh, Caliente, from the time I first wrote the script till I finished the final draft was six years on the novel. And it was because I, I was working. I had a lot of stuff that I was doing. I was really, I was in a lot of film. I was doing a lot of work there. And I didn't, you know, when you exhaust your creative juices on that, it's kind of hard to sit down behind a computer and say, okay, well, let's let's restart this and write something. So when my acting career, as I got older, as it started to die down and, you know, it's, which <laughs> I say career with tongue in cheek on that thing, but I, as I start, stopped doing it, you know, I need another outlet. So I picked the book back up and, my wife, she really pushed me. She said, look, by the end of this year, you need to have it done. So it was, uh, my book was published in, in uh, 2018 oh. and then Solo Valor in 2019. The next one. So it, it's about a year each one. So did she say like no sex until you get it done? She would never do that because I'm such a, I'm such a phenom <laughs> in bed. And <laughs> now that's my oath to my family. <laughs> I don't know, but like that would motivate me to finish a book in a day. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just me. Well, it's, it's like when you write a screenplay, you know, I've, I've, I've written two and, uh, you know, Agua Caliente and then I have a film company that's looking right now at Stolen Valor. Uh, it has a little bit to do with human trafficking and that's the thing. It's, it takes place on the border and uh, there's human trafficking and that kind of thing. And I did a lot of research on it <clears throat> and uh, a lot of what came out, the tunnels under the Rio Grande, uh, the way yeah. that the, uh, the, the trafficking that goes on where it goes, uh, uh, it, there's all that's in there. 
And it's funny because when I wrote wow. it about Sicarios and Sicarios and everything else, uh, the way that they were vetted, all of a sudden it comes out, the Sicario movie comes out, well, they're doing this, doing that. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty vicious the way they do business, but they run the company, they run their organizations like a corporation. Yeah. And, uh, oh my. Yeah, my, yeah, my second book, uh, Dark, Dark Motive, uh, it has to do with uh, a little, a little bit of uh, protest. Which it's funny. I'll just say this: it had to do with protests and some organizations that that organize protests and put them together. Right. And I was sitting sure. here watching watching these riots and these protests and going, man, sure. I'm, there goes there goes there goes my hook on my book right there because they're they're now doing it and it's all coming out. Everything that I'd researched. Uh, you know, and this is a lot of Antifa's behind this. Oh, great. You know, I've changed the name. That's amazing. But nobody believes it. And then I was sitting there watching the riots going, oh, crap. There is my, there is the hook for my book. But I'm keeping yeah. it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm amazed at uh, that human trafficking element and these tunnels that you talk about. Uh, you know, I've been following it on YouTube uh, about a lot of these underground tunnels, uh, even dumps, they call these uh, uh, deep under, underground military bases. Uh, hmm. That would put there. I don't want to take away from from the, the conversation, but I'm I'm really amazed no, that no, you no. were able to integrate that idea itself because that's that's very current uh, right now, Craig. Uh, actually, well, the, it's well, funny the about the human trafficking thing. Is a uh, it's pretty it's pretty vicious and dark because I was actually on a project where we were writing a documentary about it, and I had to do research too. And what I found out is. Uh, kids also help them take other kids and i just like that's just it's kind of cruel because you're brainwashing kids to do it too you know what i mean well you're exactly right keith and, and at the beginning of the book in fact when when i wrote the script and they wanted me to lean the script a little more because it's in there but they wanted me to lean the script a little more towards human trafficking like i wrote a prologue for the book and what it does it talks about one of the main characters in there how she was kidnapped and trafficked and she was taken from Juarez. Well, Juarez is the kidnapping capital of Mexico. And uh, what they and these cartels, what they will do is is they'll hide these 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 trafficking kidnaps, these young girls, amongst the demographics that that already exist. And you know you're not going to get above the fold uh, coverage on any newspaper from that. So uh, it opened it. It showed how she was trafficked, and because she was so attractive, one of the one of these lieutenants got hold of her, but she got the uh, nickname of uh of the black widow because every time she was with him they tended to die and then she went to the next guy but but she was saved because when when a woman is trafficked her her lifespan drops to months as opposed to years and wow. anyway so this focuses on i did a lot of research on it and it, it's a horrible thing and but these drug cartels because of the legalization of of pot and other drugs are probably going to follow it's no longer as profitable for them to traffic drugs so they're moving towards human trafficking because they're never going to legalize uh, pirated hot chicks. They're never going to do that. And there's big That's money right. for it. And, you know, in right. every border town, they can harvest these girls. And anyway, but one thing you were saying, uh, Alan, that, that is, makes total sense is at the beginning of the book and that prologue, it talks about the team that goes out and how long it takes for them to, to identify these girls That's and right. to, uh, and to get close to them because they've got these guys that are, you know, the, the prettiest and the sweetest guys that get up there and they get to know them, not to date them or sure. anything, but just to find out what their, you know, what their habits are. And then when they do their when they do their harvest, as they call it, then what they do is they just go grab these girls because they know where they're going to be, and you know then they're gone. And it's it's a it's an insidious business. I don't see how in the 21st century it can go on, but it does. Uh, Craig, do you ever it's get terrible. do you ever it's get a terrible thing? Do you ever get scared by the stuff that you write? Like, I guess have you ever like gotten scared where like maybe like a cartel member will read this and come after you? You know, I've had people tell me that, <clears throat> and uh, even members of law enforcement who I know. Uh, I got a buddy of mine I was in college with. He's you know, he's a federal marshal, and and he's, he said, "Man, you're kind of playing with fire." But I mean, I I'm really I'm really generic about the uh, I don't know you know I don't use any of the names, but I'm very generic about which cartel it is and what they're doing. But you know, a lot of it is uh, I, I really avoid facts. This isn't a documentary; it's fiction. Right. And as fiction, it's not taken as seriously. It's kind of like this. My next book has some, you know, has some terrorist camps. A lot of people don't know, but there are over 60 terrorist camps in the United States right now, and they operate yeah. Uh, yeah, I unhindered that. by the law enforcement. And the reason for it, there's one outside of Houston, by the way, Alan, in Sweeney. Oh, and geez. what they do is they turn these into um, 
more training camps. So you've got, you know, Ivy League professors that are teaching kids about how to, you know, hide behind social justice to, you know, get the, to, you know, so anyway, yeah. part of my book is on that. The one I'm writing right now is That's part of great. that. That's great. Uh, that yeah. is a great, great subject. I, uh, I'm working on, on a, a mercenary cowboy, an urban cowboy. Uh, it was actually not trained on a ranch, and it has that comedic element in it. And so he does the best he can uh, to mimic everything he knows about being a cowboy, but he doesn't actually have real-time experience. And so, you know, he decides to go after the bad guys, and so, you know, it has that, that you know, comedy of errors, and it puts still action and, uh, and suspense. And many of the villains I, 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 I'm thinking about, you know, like, a, I mean, to say this, but the George Soros type, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, George Soros. Yeah, I know, I know George. He's curious. I'm sorry? <laughs> I don't know if George Soros like is such a comedic <laughs> character, but he'd be a good bad guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, that's correct. That's correct. And God, there's so much stuff. And, you know, I never thought that watching Bond films, uh, uh, the villains in Bond films, that there actually would be about three or four of these guys become reality in the world. That's the funniest thing to me. Uh, well, it's funny in the sense that, you know, uh, how art imitates life, uh, and life imitates art, you know. Yeah, I wanted to have, on the, on the uh, everybody was asked to say, in Gilligan's Island days, they said, uh, so which would you prefer, Ginger or Marianne? But so in Bond, who is the best Bond? Who is the best actor portraying Bond, in your opinion? Uh. Me? Oh, both of you. Well, you go first, Alan. I'm a Alan. Sean Connery guy. You're a Sean Connery. I'm a Sean Connery guy. I I think Pierce Brosnan was the best Bond. Really, Pierce yeah. Brosnan a good one. Uh, I'm totally Daniel Craig. If you read the Ian Fleming really? book, really, you're, you're Daniel Craig. Yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, he's um, he is the he's closest to. He is, and, and you know he gets he gets beat up and hurt and shot and poisoned and everything else, and that's what happened in all of the uh, Ian Fleming books. Is you know Bond was yeah. he wasn't this yeah. this handsome rake. He was, I mean, no. he was a renegade, no. and the and the only reason yeah. that uh, that M liked him was because M kind of liked the rebel side. Every, every girl likes a bad boy. You know this. I mean, you guys know you're that's, both bad boys. So that's correct. You know you're covered that, up that in girls. Correct. Yeah. You yeah. know I was uh, oh, I was correct. I was reading an uh, article about. Uh, the bond, the men of Bond, and they were doing this big thing on Pierce Brosnan. How that ended, that uh, that company just totally fucked with him because they promised him a five picture deal, and I guess his last Bond movie was so bad because it bombed, it bombed at the box office partly due to the nine eleven uh, attacks, and it wasn't really mm. fair against him. And he said that they just chewed him out like that, and I thought he was the best Bond because. He was he got beat up a lot, but he was also the the pretty boy who wasn't really the pretty boy. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm a Bond fan, and I I thought that uh, I liked him. Sean Connery. Uh, uh, what am I trying to think of uh, the Saint guy? What is his uh, name? Robert I should be remember his name. Who would have played the Saint back uh, in that series? Well, uh, help, help me, Alan. I you think it know. was Robert Moore. Similar, wasn't it? similar to Sean Connery. I can't yeah, himself. yeah, he was. Oh man, everybody everybody's listening to this and you idiot, you should know that name. But anyway, those guys, uh, they were a little too pithy for me. Uh they were a little yeah. too too Brit too British and yeah. bad. You know, my, my wife, she's nearly British anyway, she's Canadian. They're you know, a Commonwealth country. But anyway, <laughs> uh when I like Pierce Brosnan because he got a little uh, Timothy Timothy Dalton knew absolutely not. But uh Pierce Brosnan, I thought he was good. I really liked him. But uh, I think that did part you, of that did you to... like Pierce Bronson? I liked him. Yeah, I did. I, but I, I, think... I liked him because he was so so British, uh, and I thought it was funny because it was a, a prissy nature. But he did back it up convincingly that he could kick some ass. Oh yeah, well, those guys. You know, and I thought that was interesting. I liked him. Well, I mean, Pierce Bronson banged the hotches. Shoots a Walter PPK. I mean, how badass can you be, honestly? Oh no, no, that's yeah. a, that's a wonderful <laughs> pistol. I, I quite frankly, I'm shopping for one. Now, Craig, another question. Which one I, of my loves is guys. Another question. I'm a six power guy or Glock. Those are my two. Uh, another. I just, uh, I just got, a, I just got a competition Glock. Uh, I, I got it about a week ago. It came. And uh, is it model I love the nine millimeter. It's the, it's the uh, forty three. I mean, no, excuse me. It's the uh, forty one. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, I'm Alan, a happy camper. Alan, I want to ask this question before we run out of time because I think it's very important. <laughs> 
because it has a sure. lot to do with a lot, a lot of different elements. You've done cowboying, you've done acting, you've done writing, you've done producing, you've done stunting, you've also done singing and drumming. Like all yeah. those elements, like how, like as an artist, you know, you're you're top of the class. Like how how, I mean, your mind has to be uh, crazy brilliant to be able to do all those things. Keith, I, I love you for that, and I, and I wish you were true. You don't have to be smart to be Craig Rainey. I'll just tell you that. Uh, I forgot about the drumming music thing. Uh, yeah, I picked up drumsticks May 21st, 1994, and got lessons from Jeff Ryder out of San Antonio, a world-rated, world-rated drummer, an awesome drummer. Uh, in fact, I was watching a ZZ Top uh, documentary on Netflix last night, and I knew a few of those people. But, and uh, in fact, the drummer that Billy Gibbons talks about was our piano player for a number of years because the reason he and Billy split up was because they just did a gig and they were the moving sidewalks and they became top. And then he was their drummer and he, he saw, had a message from God that he was going to be a piano player the rest of his life. So he quit and Billy got mad at him, paid him and said, look, you'll never work with me again. Blah, blah, blah. So that's when he picked up uh, Frank Beard. But the funny thing is uh, Milo, that's how, his, that's how his name is, the stage name, the piano player he played with. Uh, Mickey Gilly, Sleep at the Wheel, Mo Bandy, George Strait, everybody. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but the point, but I'll answer it. So is, I've been really like, but the reason I say that, Keith, is to, is to answer it this way. I've been surrounded by people that are really artistically talented, uh, you know, and I always thought to myself, man, I'd really like to be a, uh, I'd like to be a, uh, an artist. I'd like to be somebody that creates things. And I never looked at myself that way because I was always the promo guy. I was a sound man. I was a marketing guy. I was a guy that built websites. I did this, I did that. Yeah, I played drums. But, you know, what do you call a guy who hangs out with musicians? A drummer. And, you know, I, I did some lead singing and everything else. And then just recently, at my age, I went, well, see, I've done quite a bit. Of it. I guess I can call myself an artist to an extent. So uh, I'm not brilliant, but Keith, I, I appreciate you saying it. it means so much to me. Uh, I just work hard at stuff, you know, and I, I, I really try to learn as much as I can about it. I study it. I, I see what the pros are doing, like you, you're a pro comedian. I do, I, I do what they do, and that's why I'm successful. Have you ever thought about doing comedy? Said one more time. I said, "Have you ever thought about trying comedy?" Yeah, but I'm. I, I've been working on my comedy routine for about twelve years now, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. So that will tell you how good I am at it. Uh, what you what you guys do is way beyond me. I mean, I've done public speaking, MC work. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done. I've been a motivational speaker and sales trainer. But what you do is there, there's a skill for it. You know, there, there, there's there's a God-given skill that that allows you to do what you do. And, and Keith, I remember when you first got started, uh-huh. know, how, how hard it was for you, but you never gave up. And that's one of the things that, that we have in common. It's one of the things I, I've loved most about you. That's why you're my favorite nephew, because you never give up. You never quit. And you've you've achieved a lot of celebrity and a lot of acclaim. And, you know, it's, you know, people that we all just read about here in little old Texas, right. you know, and uh, so no, it's uh, I have not ever thought about going into your realm because it's not a skill set that I have. Well, I think that you do have that because you have all these other skill sets, and I think that that's just another knuckle on the belt that you could try and observe. I know guys who get into comedy when they're like seventy years old, like Marty Ross, and now he's on American Scott Talent, and you know he's the eighty-year-old who's probably going to die before he wins it. You know what I mean? And he has. <laughs> Like, like I don't mean to like go no filter. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like he just started ten years ago and he's already on America's yeah. Got Talent. So what I'm saying is I he's think you are irreverent if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is no time like now. Like Fraser Smith started comedy when he was uh what, forty, maybe fifty. And now he's like oh, the I house. Forgot that. I forgot yeah. that. You know, Fraser. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not an age thing; it's a talent thing. Yeah. And I, believe me, I, I, I bask in the in the glow of uh, of you guys who have that skill set, that talent. I don't have to do everything. I mean, it, it's I don't have to try everything. I've got. I'm really happy being an author. I was pleased with my my little acting career that I had. It was it was for me. I didn't do it to watch the movies. I didn't do it for the money. Obviously, uh, I don't know if you know this, but. Uh, only 10% of all people in acting make over $2,500 a year. Yeah. So, and I was, I was, I was in the top 10% barely, but uh, you know, it's, I've done everything that I've ever wanted to do. I decided to play drums and I 
picked up drums, started playing them, took lessons, and decided to be an actor. I did that. I decided to write write a script. I did that. I decided to be an author. I'm doing that. So no, it's I'm, it's not an age thing, Keith. Uh, I'm in Allen too. I I just appreciate. I, I will go watch your shows and sit there at your feet and just love every second of it and laugh my way through it. I mean, I'm happy doing that. I don't think you'd say hey, that hey, to what's Alan. What's your favorite Western movie? <laughs> That's you know, a it's, that's a well, hard it, you don't have to kind of. Um uh, it's it's either Lonesome Dove or Unforgiven. Okay. Oh, uh, oh interesting. Yeah. Interesting Unforgiven is, is on my list. But uh I'm such a traditionalist I go back to Magnificent Seven. Uh yeah, it's the remake was better than the original Magnificent Seven with Yul Brenner. Yeah. I, I like the remake. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I I like the remake, and of course uh, uh, the Wyatt Earp um, with Val Kilmer, Tombstone. Oh. How'd you like that? No, Tombstone. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I love Tombstone. I wasn't a big fan of Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, but Tombstone, of course. No, I and wasn't it's either. I, it's funny. That's yeah. correct. I wasn't either at the Costner one. Yeah. Well, it's Tombstone. I, I thought Val Kilmer did a, did a great job. And and by the way, you know what a Huckleberry is? Yeah, it's a Paul Bear. Oh my. I'll I'll be your Huckleberry. Say, say that again. Okay, Huckleberry. When 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 Doc Holliday said, "I'll be your Huckleberry," that's a pallbearer. That was the nickname. That was a just a, a moniker for you no know, for a pallbearer. So he's just, basically it, so I'll yes, take you to yes, him. That's right. No, no, that's Val right. Kilmer just wrote a book called "I'll Be Your Huckleberry." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's talking about being a pallbearer. Yeah, and I thought yeah, it was I, I thought it was from Huckleberry. He, he, what, what did you say? Well, he, he just couldn't bear the pressure. <laughs> That's not exactly <laughs> Now, Craig... Uh, he couldn't bear the strain, sorry. One, one of the last questions I have for you is, how come How come do you think that uh, it's so hard for Westerns to be made into movies and for books to be actually published for Westerns? Because it's at, like that's the one genre where it's really tough to actually get it moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's Here's the answer. I was, about, I was about to say that. Go on. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. And I've thought about this. Westerns are expensive to make. Any period piece is expensive to make. They're super expensive. You can't, uh, and, and there aren't many movies made in Hollywood anymore, mainly, mainly it's TV because it's so expensive. But even if you go out of uh, Louisiana or New Mexico where they're really friendly to film companies, you're still going to pay you know, a thousand bucks a day for a horse, you know, it's, it's expensive. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, the set and the guard, you know, the, uh, the guard, listen to me, uh, and the, uh, the costuming and everything else. That's the reason that the movies are so tough to find Westerns, but ironically, they're not as popular. Westerns are not, are very much a, uh, it's a clicky niche and not too many people buy them. Uh, you know, the old guys like me, we buy them, but, but young people, you're not going to see many millennials with, uh, you know, with no. worn copies of Westerns in their in their library. Yeah. I will say uh, one thing, Craig, about the popularity of Westerns, and you probably already know this. Uh, you know you know who Clarence Mulford is, right? The author of Hopalong Cassidy and the Bar yes. 20 Boys. Well, you're well uh, read, my friend. I didn't re- yeah, thank you. <laughs> in the 1930s, the entire planet, especially the United States, had a very good idea and followed that, the, uh, those books uh, in the newspapers. And it was unbelievable how popular that was. They talk about the TV show, but the books themselves, I was able to uh, get a set uh, that they threw out of the English library, and I, I scooped them up. <laughs> and they're actually 1930 library copies uh, with the illustrations. And I got such a kick out of reading them. And I, you know, Louis L'Amour, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mulford said Louis L'Amour would be the inheritor of Hopalong Cassidy, and he wrote four of them. And it, it's, a, it's a great character. I mean, it is an unbelievable great character. Okay. So I'm just throwing that into the mix here about the popularity of Western books. Well, yeah. Thanks so for I wish, that. I wish there was modern, or I wish modern, the modern market was, they were as popular, but uh, oh, movies aren't, books aren't. You and me both. I, I just, I still believe there will, there will be a comeback. Uh, that might sound like pie in the sky, but uh, I believe they will come back. So, Craig... We're just going to get together in LA and have a beer. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, so, we're running out of time, <laughs> but uh, before we ask where the folks can follow you at home, uh, we want to hear, uh, do you have any great Danny Trejo stories? Oh, no. Uh, I was on a Danny Trejo movie, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it was... 
this was with Lit Productions. It's called uh, The Green Ghost, and uh, it it, never, it I don't know that it's gone anywhere. I, I know it's on IMDb, as am I, but uh, I didn't have the chance to meet Danny Trejo. They had a soundstage set up in Lockhart for this movie, and it was a big martial arts film. And they were gonna, you know, they were gonna launch a series of it. This they had some, they put a, they put a lot of money into this thing. And in fact, um, Michael Almost, Edward James Almost's son, was a director on it, and uh, mm. a very a very talented guy. Uh, wow. And and so is and so is his brother. The whole family. I've met a lot of them. But uh, mm-hmm. Trejo was on set the the day after I did mine because I had a really small role in it. They anything that, anything that they did, they said we have to have a Craig Rainey in it. I I did one movie where I played a slightly effeminate priest and, and or preacher, and I did a sermon and everything. On this one, I was in the open. I'm in the opening scene and. Uh, I'm just some guy that's given the main character a hard time. But Danny Trejo came the next day. I, I know they all went to dinner because I saw the photos of it and everything else. Uh, I was surprised that, you know, he is as diminutive as he is. I thought he was much taller, but he's about five, 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 six, something like that. And then Danny, if you're listening, I apologize. I didn't measure you, but, and I don't want my ass whooped, but uh, I always had the feeling he was a giant guy. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a tiny guy. Well, well, Dan, uh, Craig, he's quite a character. Yes. You just wrote your first joke for your comedy career. You could be like, yeah, I I did a movie with Danny Trejo, and I got to tell you, he doesn't have a big machete. Oh, I was going to take that line, but I worked that one with a machete. (laughs) Yeah, well, Danny Trejo, I tell you, you can't argue with his his body of work. Oh, no, definitely not. Connor, the... uh, and, and you know, and of course here in, here in town, you know, I've, I know a lot of those guys that you know that did all the grindhouse films and everything else. But anyway, you know, you can't argue that guy. He's, he's had quite a career. Yeah, definitely. He has. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, he certainly has. I'm like obsessed with John Cusack, so I watched Con Air at least three times a week. Oh, Cusack, Better Off Dead, greatest movie ever made. Oh, oh my God, I totally agree. I want my two dollars. <laughs> two dollars. <laughs> So, Craig, where can the folks at home follow you? Well, I, I would love them to follow me at craigrainy.com, which is my website. Uh, I'm all up, my books are all over uh, Amazon. Uh, they're in Barnes and Nobles. Most all the, all the stores, most of the stores in Texas, I should say, have physical copies Kindle, of COVID nineteen. Kindle edition there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, Goodreads. Uh, we're every. I'm, I'm international except for Australia, and that's that's a technical glitch. I'll I'll get that fixed, but. We're everywhere. The uh, ebook, I think, is going for two ninety nine, much to my chagrin. But uh, the uh, the paperback, uh, if somebody gets hold of me on my website, it's my email is Craig at CraigRainey.com. I'll uh, I'll send you an autographed copy. Uh, you know, if you guys if you guys buy one, you know, somebody buys one. I've already got I've already got two going going to you, Keith. But uh, wow. you know, very that's sweet. where they can follow me. Oh, very sweet of you. Thank you so much. Well, Craig, I uh, fantastic. We're running out of time. I love you. Thank you for doing the show, man. And uh, you know, next time you're in California, let's do this live. You know, face oh, I face. love that. And, and, and Alan, hey, uh, if you're ever I'm back so in town, you come over to my house. Craig, uh, hey, listen, I'd love to. I, I think we have a, a like mind. Well, I've got, and, uh, got, I was, it I've was got a house on the golf sir. course and swimming pool. We could we could play golf and swim. So. Oh, <laughs> Alan's a huge golfer. Oh, stop it. I can't hit the side of That's the silliest thing to say. I'll stop bringing new content in. You guys go ahead and wrap up your show. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, sir. That was Craig Rainey, guys. Uh, give him a follow on the... Wow. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, you have a hell of a relative there. I mean, uh, man, I, I, uh, I'll be quite frankly, I got a real kick out of this uh, this, uh, this guest, and uh, he's wonderful. And... Um, you you never mentioned him at all, and he's from Texas and all this. Uh, so you know, uh, he's I'm great, a, man. He's I'm a very I'm a very private individual, Alan Lee. Like I don't like uh, like people say like I'm actually like no filter and I say too much on social media. I actually don't. I I say enough to get the uh, point across, but I'm very I like sure. I like you know <laughs> I like relationships to be between relationships. Like someone asked me the other day. How close am I with you? Yeah. And the truth is, I'm very close oh with you. Oh and I boy. made them think that we are. I, yeah, we but, are. 
but I made them think that we're, I we're wasn't. Quite close into... And that's like my humor, you know what I mean? Because like they're like, oh my god, you're not really that close with Alan, but you talk to him all the time. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. You know, it's my insophisticated sense of humor. It's dark, and I like to, I like to, I like to make people's minds turn like that. You know what I mean? That's what I get off on. Listen, you don't have, you don't have to explain your jokes to me. You don't have to do that. You know that. <laughs> Oh my god, if this was a live audience show, come that would have been the on, best yeah. joke of you. Ah. All right, Alan Lee. Well, anyway, uh, listen, uh, you're going to be interviewing a whole bunch of people uh, this week, and it might be even right now. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to hit the bottle right uh, now. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm going to hit the bottle. All right. Well, Alan, hey, stay safe in so New York. I'll be man. thinking of you. All right. Well, stay safe in New York, pal. You Listen, thank you. I, I can't wait to go, but and I can't wait to get back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, you know, you know, you're my bud, and uh, you know, you're great. You're doing a great job. So um, go on and uh, go on to the next show. All right, buddy. Uh, All right. Which is which is right now, right? Uh, yeah. Brian Moss is actually canceled. He had an emergency, so we'll do it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, well. Well, he'll come back. Yeah. All right, my friend. All right, buddy. Well, All I gotta, right. I got to plug Take my care. cameo. Stay safe. All right, pal. I got to plug these things. Good luck in Vegas. Thanks, man. Good luck in Vegas. All right, guys. That was Craig Rainey. Uh, follow him on the social media by his books. Also, before we go, uh, I do have a stand-up date June 24th, Wednesday, in Vegas at Chronicles Catina, uh, 3246 East Desert and road uh they're taking reservations it's going to be social distancing uh, you can call them at 702-909-7773 again that's 702-909-7773 and uh, i'm also on cameo book me on cameo and i'll do a shout out for you and all that no filter stuff uh i don't really care i just uh, want to make you guys laugh also, my stand-up special is now on everywhere. It's on Spotify. I don't get any money for that, but it's on Spotify, so if you want to listen to it, go to Spotify. Uh, they, my manager's like, hey, you got to get the, the Spotify numbers up. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And uh, But you can buy it on Sony or Mad Records or Apple uh, iTunes uh, at Keith Reza Make It Happen. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review to the show. Uh, Razor Riffs. Follow us on social media. Uh, give us some love on the Apple Podcast. Give us some ratings. We need the love and the joy. Uh, stay safe, everyone. Uh, times are dark, and uh, we will be here to make you laugh. So stay safe. I love you all very much, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith Reza and on Cameo www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it and we'll rift with you again soon. <laughs>